Hey everybody, this is Nikki Tamburino, and you're listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast, the show that explores the why of running for people who love to run. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Nikki Tamburino and follow this show at Maybe Running Will Help for all the latest inspiration from our guests, information on how Maybe Running will help, and how you can use our sport for personal development in your life. Oh my gosh, guys, I cannot wait to share this episode with you. Now, many of us start running skeptically, but keep running moved by a newfound belief in ourselves and others. We develop a spiritual connection to the sport and are inspired by each other. But what's it like to be a highly sensitive person in a community that thrives on deeply emotional experiences? That's unexpectedly what my guest Jamie DePaula and I explore in today's episode. Jamie is a fellow empath, and she's also a clairvoyant and ultramarathon runner. From the moment I saw her, I felt like we'd known each other for my entire life. Some people even say we look alike with similar mannerisms. Maybe it's no wonder I found her aura refreshing, but I've no doubt you're gonna catch all the feels during this conversation. Jamie's energy is contagious and her heart is warm and welcoming, and I can't wait to share her with you. In fact, I don't waste any time getting into this conversation. Before I press record, I asked Jamie if she had a cause, what would she be about? Listen in as we catch you up on her answer. Okay, so let's just jump right in. We're not even going to like do the introduction yet or anything like that. We'll get to all that. We're just going to like roll with it. It okay. kind of does snowball into my introduction, so... Okay, perfect. So just to um, have something to start on, I was just asking uh, if you had a cause that you would um, be about. Um, so I do, I yeah. do agree with the um, women empowerment is very important to me just because when I was growing up, I was a gymnast for 23 years of my upbringing and my coach was, uh, I had a female and a male coach, but she ran a gym and that was kind of like what I like always was around my, my mom and my grandma, everybody in my family in the, like on the women's side are very close knit. And then just growing up to again in a sport that was, I was always around like other like sisterhood type situations. And it was always so important to me to have those close knit relationships and to lift other women up and to be in that kind of field all the time. It's just a okay. feel good feel. Okay. So you were brought up in kind of that environment, but yes. did you experience like, because, and I don't know if we're, you're probably younger than me. I'm not really sure if we're like the same <laughs> like generation, but I feel like it's really important to me maybe for a different reason, but more because like I didn't feel empowered as a young woman. And I always felt kind of like insecure and I had struggled with confidence and stuff like that. So now, and I have two teenagers now, it's like super important to me to share like how I became more confident and why we should embrace who we are and be fully ourselves. So um, that, I think it's interesting that you come from it from a different perspective. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's I could see it in the same kind of perspective, but in a different like way, because I did, like I said, I did grow up with um, like looking up to older girls too, like on my team and kind of 
mean, I guess everybody goes through that stage where you're kind of, it's a process in terms of confidence and like you think you're confident and then you get to another level where you're like, whoa, no, this is confidence. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm totally embracing myself and that really has just happened in like the last like three years, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. That did not happen as a kid, but I was always in an environment where I was looking up to women um, in, in a position where they had all this strength or they were, um, like unique in what they looked like or how they acted towards themselves and other women that I, I'm really about that. I'm not, I never want anyone to feel like disincluded or, um, not a part of something. Mm -hmm. It's always been very important to me in sports and in friendships and things like that too. Family. Yeah. Um, that's always been very important to me. Okay. And I can see like, so now you're kind of that person that you looked up to, like, that's kind of how you've positioned yourself. And I right coached, now. I love coaching kids too, just because I do think the generations are so different now. And, um, that like young teen age girl now is very different or they're dealing with a lot of different things that we did not. And I think it's yeah. very difficult for them to mm -hmm. go through a sense of like constant, constant comparison I mean, we had it, but it was not in our faces like it is now. And I think it's hard for them sometimes to lift themselves up, let alone be like lifted up by other other people. It's so much more important to have that strong foundation. I feel like now it, it's always important. But like if you think about what they're dealing with, like I don't know that I would have survived as a teenage girl right now. I mean, like if you think about and for people who don't know, I know that you and I are probably very aware but I mean, with the phones, like the kinds of things that kids are doing to each other are like you, you can't make a bad face. You can't accidentally get a picture that's taken that, you know, shows something like a little bit off. They'll zoom in, they'll screenshot yeah. it, they'll go around, they'll share it. I mean, that's a really intimidating world to be in. Yeah. You know, so I feel like the strength um that you need to have and the confidence that you need to have is just so important these days. And it's important to have people like you that are um, really living that way and someone that girls can look up to. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love how you talk about like people being different and living in a different way and inclusive, you know, being inclusive. Um, all those things are also like super important to me. So I just, I automatically like love you. And I, I knew like, the funny thing is, and now we'll, I, I guess I'll go back and kind of like explain how I got connected with you and know you um, at all. But um, so this is Jamie DePaula, right? Am I saying your yes. name right? Yes. Okay. okay. And you're on Instagram as mad for marathons. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like crazy that I didn't know more about you just from your Instagram handle before <laughs> someone told me about you. Cause like we were connected on Instagram. Yeah, I, I just had no idea. And, um, so basically I went into, uh, the place where I go get my hair cut and a woman who does the shampoo there, who's like a new, uh, she's a new fabulous woman there was like, Oh my God, I literally thought you were somebody that I know. And she was talking about you and she's like, you guys, not only do you look alike, but your like energy is like the same. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. And I was like, well, I have to meet this person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm Double so gangers. curious. Yes. And um, 
And so then, you know, sure enough, I, I'm like, for my first question was, is she on Instagram? And I went and looked at your Instagram and I was like, oh my God, we're already connected. And then it was just like, my mind was like blown. Cause I was like, how have we not like, well, and it's crazy connected? because in a little sense of like the whole women empowerment thing too, I started following you because you were a runner with like a pixie haircut. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I was like, pixies unite. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like all this stuff, because that's another sense of empowerment was for me. I used to have hair like past my butt. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and I, it was like my thing and oh my God, like you can't j just like cut a whisper off, like don't take any hair. Mm. And then I realized that in a sense of confidence or lack thereof, I was hiding behind it. And when I cut it and there was no hair there, I felt like this sense of like, wow, like I am a new woman. <laughs> like I don't have anything to hide behind, but that like brought me out of, I mean, I've always been outgoing, but it brought me out of my shell of like hiding. Yes. It was, it was crazy. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love it. The same thing. Like I had long hair and I almost feel like that was kind of talking again about, um, you know, as I was growing up, it was always like, girls, you know, you should have long hair, you should look this way. And I think that I got to a point where I was just like, screw everybody else. And I got <laughs> angry and I was like, I'm going to cut my hair and you're going to see like, I can still be like a fabulous person. Yes. Yes. And have short hair. Like this does not define me. I like the way I looked is that does not define me like whatsoever. I know. And then, so like going into it, I thought that, but I had no idea when I actually cut it off. Like you said, that like freedom that I yeah. felt to just be authentically who I was because there was nothing to hide behind. It was all me out there and like it or not, like, and, and it, it, it's such a, it seems silly because it's just hair. But it's like, it was like everything else was kind of like, well, here I am, like it or not. Like, yeah, <laughs> you like know? your outfits then start to like match your hair. And then like your energy starts to like match your hair. <laughs> like, I could never have long hair again. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. I go back and forth. I grew it out long. I just cut it again. And I find that when I get into a space of feeling trapped, I end up cutting it off. Yeah. Like when I, so I'm, I'm actually growing it out again. And a lot of it is my girls. I have teenage girls. So they're like, we love your hair so long. And I'm like, fine, I'll grow it out again. But it's every time that I have a feeling in life where I feel trapped or I feel like controlled in any way, I, I cut it, I cut it all off. <laughs> so, yeah, so I totally get the pixie cut thing. And I do like, I, everything does change. Like the way I dress, like, and I see you have a nose piercing here. Yeah. I got septum pierced. Um, I love it. That one, I'll tell you. So I did get this pierced and I got one of those like bumps on it. So I had to take it out. I don't know if you ever experienced that or heard about that. It was awful. This it's is the worst piercing I've ever. And I have tattoos. Right? This was cool. I would <laughs> never. Yes. I was like, I got my whole like arm thing going. Yeah. I would never like get a piercing on my face. It was horrible. I cried like not because it was like not because my eyes were watering i was crying <laughs> it killed me i oh my gosh that is so funny i the same um and i've had i had my tongue pierced when i was in high school and that obviously that was like worse but yeah. more recently i got my yeah i got the 
um, side nose piercing. I got my septum pierced. The septum is like nothing. It's like, oh, yeah. it does. It doesn't hurt at all. I guess. Cause it comes away from your, like it comes a little bit it's away. Like, from just the... like this little thin piece. Yeah. But it also is the quickest to heal. So like if I don't wear it for a couple of days, like it's already closed up. Yeah. So it just heals really quickly. But um, we're going to go off in so many different I know. directions. I was like, should so we just go off on a tangent? We're just do it. Um, all right. So let's um, let's start, I guess, with the the questions and we'll go off in whatever direction we go off in. But um, so can you just do a little introduction, tell people um, who you are and a little bit about what you do? Okay. Yeah. I am Jamie DePaula. I am originally from Maryland, Perry Hall, Maryland, but I moved to Naples, Florida in 2013. So I've been here now for 10 years. I was a competitive gymnast from, well, I started gymnastics at the age of three and then started competing at six and competed all the way through college. Um, I went to the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. So I was gone there for two years and then kind of transferred to Salisbury and stayed in Maryland. And then when I was done with school, I just I was kind of, I had retired from gymnastics. I um, needed a change in terms of like, again, my confidence level, I was kind of lost without the sport because I'd spent so much time doing it and so many hours in my day, every day doing it, that that being done was really a major loss in my life. And yeah. um, I just needed to refresh kind of, when I moved here, I knew one person I didn't even know what, if I was going to stay, but I kind of left a lot of that behind, which was hard. Um, like I wanted to move and be someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got into running. I um, was very newly into running. I had only run like a marathon and I know that sounds crazy, but like I was newly into it. Um, but it, it saved me in a sense of um, really giving me something back, but not only in filling the void in terms of timing, but like it really like it renewed my faith. It renewed me as like being okay, like being alone. Like it was something I did alone and I loved doing it alone. And I loved that. I loved that about it, that yeah. I could go out there and I was totally comfortable being out there for hours and having no one else to like, you know, just, I don't know how to put it, but like it was, it was a confidence booster that I could do something like that alone and like leave my house and come back. And it was like on my own two feet kind of thing. And it was just yeah. paralleled kind of like with, I, with what I was going through in that time. And then it just continued. And when I moved here, it was an identity in a sense, but then that became so much bigger. It's now become less of an identity and more of a community for mm -hmm. me. And, um, because I think there can be like a little bit of a blurry line between making something such an identity that if it's lost, it's a loss. Yeah. Um, where of course I would be sad if I ever had to stop or, but I feel like it has given me so much um, community connection that I would still be so in touch in so many ways, even if the physical part of it had to stop. Wow, that's really well said. That's Thank so you. true. No, seriously, I because I totally get that, and I think that can be problematic when you attach yourself so closely to something, and it happens a lot in sport. Um, that if God forbid you get injured or you have to stop for some reason, and then you're like lost, and you feel. Yep. At, but I, I think that there's even kind of like this new trend in the running community 
about just about what you said. Like there's so many ways to be involved and it's such a su supportive place that however you're involved, you're like part of the family. Like if you're a volunteer, if you're, yes. you know, a spectator on the side, like cheering, it's just such an inclusive environment. And I think that makes a lot of sense why you're involved in it based on, you know, what the things that are important to you. And um, I just love the way that you said that it really, um, it really explained the community aspect well and why it's so amazing. And I do like now that I've been in the ultra community for the last since really like 2015, um, it's grown so much like my my whole like kind of career in the ultra running has an experience has grown because the longer the distance, the more really the more people are involved just because it's mm -hmm. it takes a it takes a village yes to get you there like even though one person is doing it on their feet there are so many people behind that person that are getting them to the finish line that um like the crewing of it all right. is so special to me as a runner but it's also i've been on the other side and i've been crew before and it's still it it fills me to tears that it's yes. it's just such a beautiful and empathic community and i am an empath so that's important to me to see so many people feeling for every part of it so like there's crew feeling for crew there's crew feeling for runners there's runners feeling for crew <laughs> and you're just in the moment with these people and you don't get that raw with strangers nowadays and i think it's it's re it's renewing and refreshing to be in even in a weekend of something that feels that way and feels so authentic and um raw i mean there's there have been times where i'm doing things and trusting like this stranger who is maybe my crew or my crew has done things for other runners where in just that time of need you have to ask for help and um someone is just like oh i'm there i got you i got you you need a water i got you you need a coke like sit there mm. anything and they they just want everyone to finish and do well and it's it's um it's a good feeling yeah and and gosh if you're if you're just getting into this sport and you haven't had the opportunity to care about other people in the sport that's where the magic is like mm -hmm. if you're if you're out there running and it's great trust me like and i think a lot of us of us get into it for our own goals and you know at first it is about proving um something to ourselves and to others people but wait, because once you get into the side of running where you start doing it for other people, that's where it really becomes life um, altering and, yeah. and life changing. Um, so also a, a really, really good point. And I, I think the examples you gave are perfect because it, I, I don't know, it's just like, I, as you were saying it, I was like, gosh, to be the person, not the person who needs the thing, and that feels good too that people care about you enough to do. but to have something that somebody else needs that you know is going to help them achieve something that's important yeah. to them is such a special feeling it is and i've i've seen like my crew um just firsthand because they're my crew and i've, I've spent a lot of time like in the races with them but the things that they've not only done for me in the moment but like other runners like i i've done races before where i've gotten you know you you're running next to someone who maybe doesn't have a crew or out here doing mm. it by themselves. And although they're packing their things still, it's a long way. And there's, 
stuff you're not going to have and there's stuff maybe you forgot or you can't carry or the aid station doesn't have or you need it like then you can't wait two miles and you've already gone 70 some you know and there have been times where i just see so open-heartedly no even questions asked thoughts about it really just my car just giving things to other just others like we just we have it take it yeah. suntan lotion bug spray whatever to make them feel more comfortable and it's such an honor to watch people that i know and love and and just doing that for other people i just think that that's spreading the love i know <laughs> i need to do if we get through this interview without crying i will I be <laughs> I'm like sitting here and i'm like oh my god to be like to feel and every time you say something like I'm like, yes, that's what it's about. Cause it's like to be, to have a purpose, right? We all want to feel like we have a purpose. So to be that person that has something that somebody else needs, that's amazing. But also to be the person and to know that somebody cares about you enough to give you something that you need yeah. is also amazing. So it's just like this all encompassing, like you can't lose. <laughs> I, I know. And I've seen like, and I've made this statement before when I've like done a race and then I'm like, you know, in my feels about it. And it's hard for me sometimes to write about it because it, it's more than that. Like I felt it more than I can like write about it. Yeah. Um, but I think one of my favorite parts is in the night because these races that I do go overnight and you run through the night and into the next day and you have your crew that is also up with you. Right. So they're, I mean, they, because in that time, so say I'm at mile 80 and it's overnight, I'm not moving at, at a rapid speed like I was <laughs> in the beginning. So two miles can take like 40 minutes. So they can drive up and, and take a little snoozer <laughs> until <laughs> I get there. But there's always a point where you'll see if you're doing a point to point, especially like where the car starts somewhere and then goes to another place. Yeah. Where there's like a line of like crew cars and everyone is just like asleep. And it's like, I know it like makes me, it like brings me to absolute tears because they're so in it, so invested in it. And then it's just like, you want them to rest too, because they're, they're here and it's not even their sport. Right. They're like, they're, it's important to them because it's important to you or to me or whoever is out there. They don't have to be there up all night. Like they don't have to do that. And they're just so invested and it. it it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Oh my God. It's, it's so, crew. It's crew. Yeah. It's just yeah. like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Now, what do you, I don't know if you've ever asked, but I like want to talk to a crew person right now and be like, why, <laughs> why do you do this? Like, why is this, why do you so, do this for us? I have one of my crew, I have both my parents' crew, um, and then my best friend, if not two of my friends. Um, and I have, uh, you know, people I've heard her answer, my best friend, and she says, because if you have willingly invested your time enough to do a feat like this, why wouldn't I help you? Mm. Why wouldn't I help you get across the finish line? You're doing, you know, you're doing the hard part, which I think it's both. I think they deserve a buckle too at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it it's kind of like a no questions asked kind of thing. And I've, I've seen my parents out there and um, it, it's amazing. And my dad, a lot of times will like pace me at the end and wow, 
And like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really emotional experience. And I do take it much further than like, I went for a really long run. <laughs> you go yeah. through so many different things besides just like the, the physical sport of it. And like, yes, that does get like the energy moving and, and everything. But, um, I really am in it for the connection between people and even what they're getting out of it too. I think it's a neat yeah. thing to express to people that you love because I want them to be involved in a feeling like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's sharing. It's really just sharing. Yeah. And vulnerability, yeah. like sharing yeah. vulnerability. And yeah. that's an important thing to me um, because I think it's hard for people to do um, yeah. is show like a vulnerable side. And I think, when you see someone who is in such a strong physical state and strong mental state and they like need you emotionally and they're willing to say like, Hey, can you just like walk for walk with me for two miles because I'm in my head or mm -hmm. I need like, I need just like really sometimes all you need is like their like smile. Like you got this. Yeah. Yes. Like feel I got this. <laughs> yeah. 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 And isn't it, it's kind of like, um, you're growing, you're doing these things. It's almost kind of like, come with me. Like, yeah, you know? Yes. Because when you come back from, like, I do feel so changed from these experiences that if I didn't share them with my loved ones, like I would feel um, out of the loop with them on that depth. For right. Me. Right. Exactly. So it's like, we may not be able to have the same part in this journey, but come with me and let's all grow from this. And let's, I love that. that yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so we didn't even talk about actually what you do. Like, obviously, I think we can kind of figure it out that you run ultra marathons. But are you running um, hundred milers? Like, and and how often? Um, can you so give a I, on that? I do. Um, I do run ultra marathons, and actually, hundred mile distance is my favorite distance, just oh. because I know. I know. <laughs> it's only because I feel the depths in that run are very different. That mileage depth, like when you get to a certain point where you've obviously in that kind of mileage, you've reached a point physically that is very difficult to get through. So mentally, I feel like I get to this state of like Jamie that I've never met before and she impresses me <laughs> and she um, is very, it, it's nice to like, reach that like faithfulness too, like, and not that you can't get there in a short run, but sometimes it takes that total like exhaustion and like, am I going to make it to like push yourself to be like, I'm literally fighting for this and I'm going to get to the finish line. Mm. Um, I, I really get entertained by these runs that go that far because the depths of it are very different and there's like a warrior sense in it. I can only imagine. I, I, I want that. I want, <laughs> I'm, I have not done a hundred. I've done a 50, but I, I, something is calling me to do it because I keep ta talking to you all should. you amazing athletes who are doing it. I think you would yes. find it very entertaining. Like I do like entertaining and um, like growth worthy because it get it. There's many ups and downs to it. Like it gets bad and then it gets good again. Like there are times where I felt way better at mile 90 than I did at like 17. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to do, I'm still, you know, I'm 
kind of like marathon um, addict. So that's been my distance forever. And I signed up for a hundred miler and then I bailed because I was oh like, God. I have no business running this hundred miles. <laughs> I have no business uh, being here. Yes, I you know. do. So, so I, I, um, no, I feel inspired. I feel you're inspiring me. Um, but that's amazing. But did you start out running marathons? Yes. So I actually started when I started running, I didn't even like it. Okay. So it's so funny. This is the, I'll take you through the whole thing. Yes. So, um, I was really kind of searching again after gymnastics for something that was like fun that I liked that wasn't that. And I tried a few different sports. I like tried Frisbee and I like, I'm not like a rule kind of person. Like I didn't know the directions of the field and all this stuff. And it was just, I was a mess out there. And then I became like a groupie and I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> so my dad runs and he, um, he's, he's done a few half marathons and he likes like the five, six mile distance and, um, likes it to like stay in shape, but he loves the endorphins of it and talks about it all the time and was like, why don't you try it? But at the time he really enjoyed track running. So we were running around a track and he took me to a track and I was like, I'm going to wait in the car. This is boring. I don't understand it. Like, no, I'm used to a sport where there's four events. Second I get bored, we're like switching events. No, like I don't, I don't get it. So then I like, again, I was in college still and I started like doing the whole headphone and kind of like going outside and like down like in a neighborhood and like I started to kind of get lost in more of like the music sense and it felt like a dance mm. still wasn't I mean I was doing maybe like 10 minutes um and then we had signed up for a 5k that they changed to a 10k okay I can't do that <laughs> yeah right and I remember being like I gotta like get on I gotta like train for like get on this so I'd never done like more than like 15 minutes. So I started building like a pyramid kind of thing. Like I'd run for two minutes, walk for two minutes, run for three minutes, walk for three minutes. And I started like doing that. And then I go back down the pyramid and I started to enjoy the like training yeah. of it and like the game. And I got a watch and I was like, this is like fun. <laughs> and I really started to like it. Then when I started doing, um, I did a half marathon with a friend for her mom. One of my mom's best friends had passed away. She was a fitness instructor and she had passed away. And we did the Baltimore marathon as a, mm. as a duo. Like she mm -hmm. did the first half, I did the second half. Okay. And that was the first encounter I had with like really long distance. And the run was for someone else. It had okay. nothing to do with me. Yep. Um, and I just fell in love with it. I thought mm -hmm. it was the most inspiring thing to like put someone in mind and like kind of pray for them like the whole time. And like yeah. my mind hadn't had nothing to do with like, you're tired, you're in pain, you're this, that, and the other. It just was so much for her that I loved it. So then I got into marathoning. I did my first marathon um, in 2010, the Baltimore. So I did the full that next year. And I had an extremely spiritual experience and mm -hmm. I just was hooked after. Yeah. I was, had trained all the way up to 20 miles. So in the training and yeah. the runs were great. Like I, I loved the depth of what I was doing, like when I was training. And then when I got out there to the race, the last like six miles of the Baltimore marathon are like uphill. 
Yeah. And I was crying. I mean, I was like in, in so much pain and I was like, this is taking forever. Like, you know, like the miles yeah. are taking a long time and I was having a hard time in the end there, like pushing past that, like patience kind of thing. And I knew I was going to finish, but I just like, I started to pray and I was like crying out loud and praying in the race. Yeah. And lady behind me, um, or sorry, she was in front of me and she had, she was like dressed in all white and she like reached her hand out. She's like, come on, we're going to finish this together. We locked hands and we ran like the last 6.2 miles. No way. Holding hands. Me and her. Her name is Kristen. Yes. And, um, we finished it together. Like I'll send you later. I'll send you the finished picture. Hand in hand. I'm bawling. And she's like, like triumphant. And I have chills telling you about it. Cause it was, it was a altering experience to like, have me just be in this sport forever. So I hugged her. I was like, Oh my God, like I want you to like meet my family because she really got (laughs) me. And yeah. And, um, like that, like in the crowd, like she was, gone she was literally like gone oh my god it was very busy I mean it was a very busy finish line but never saw her really again I wanted to like thank her yeah I didn't know her bib number well when I got my finished photos back from start to finish she was right next to me no way yep and she's in every single photo she's in all white and I looked her up I like tried to find her on Facebook all this stuff I finally found her. I reached out to her and was just like, you changed my experience. Like you made it like I have a tattoo actually for her. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it It's a 26.2, but there's a little like angel twinkle, like over the 6.2 because okay. to me, she was like an angel. Yeah. And, obviously. and like in, even in like Bible stories, there's so, so many of them talk about how like pain and try triumph go hand in hand together. And that's literally what our picture looks like. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And, um, yeah. So she had been actually, she was like, you helped me. And I'm like, I was like bawling my eyes out. Like how? And she had been struggling with cancer. Oh, she had a, she had a tumor, I believe, um, that she was getting through and she's alive and she's well, but, um, she was going through something that in that moment, like I would have never known that we didn't really even like talk. We were just like there for each other, but it it's so crazy how she was going through so much and just willingly was so helpful. Mm. You know, and you would never know that unless you like ask, like yeah. I never, I never would have could tell that she was fighting for something like that. Yeah. And it just opened my eyes to like how, um, open-hearted some people can be. And that's what I felt like that was my introduction to like the sport. And I just, Oh God. Yeah. felt like it was amazing. So I kept doing, I did about 10 marathons before I did my first 50 K and then each, each ultra distance I did, I did a 50 K one year. The next year I did a 50 miler. The next year I did a hundred K. And then the following year I attempted a hundred miler and the heavens opened up with a nor'easter and it um tornadoed for like 26 hours and they ended up yeah they ended up cutting us off i was at mile 82 and i was like really no (laughs) why so then that next 
November, I tried again and made it. And then I've done um, six, six hundreds and a 200 K. Mm-hmm. That most recent, the 200 K. The 200 K was in 2021. And then okay. I ran another hundred, uh, another two hundreds after that. Oh, wow. So okay. I did in January of 2021, I did a 200 K. It was from Miami to Naples. And then in at the end of 2021, I ran from Jacksonville to Daytona, which was just what just a hundred, which was a yeah. hundred miler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. Um, in September of last year, I did another hundred. Wow. Okay. Okay. So how do you even train for a hundred? Um, it's more about the volume in like a weekend back to back. So your mm. weeks and the weeks kind of then like build upon each other. So Sometimes it's not about like the daily run, like how many miles you would do in a day, but how many miles you'd get done in like a week and then mileage count up for like a month. So if you were to give yourself four months to train, having said that you you've done one before, if I had never done one before, it took me a whole year to train. And I built, I did it like very build up, like I built upon each distance so that I felt like I was already there and I took the step up and then I took the step up. Um, but you'll do like give yourself week one you would do like monday off and friday off and you would sandwich tuesday thursday would be like the same like a four mile and a four mile Uh and then that middle wednesday would be like long like double so four eight four yeah and then the weekends would be like a 10 and a 20 back to back like saturday sunday so then that 10 and 20 really make 30 over a weekend Yeah. yeah 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 and then that teaches you how to build your mileage like kind of back to back but there's resting involved like you'll sleep overnight obviously where in a race you wouldn't so is it i think this has been my struggle but is training for an ultra like more time consuming than a marathon or is it really similar the only thing that i would say is more time consuming is the actual time that you're spending on your feet in a said like morning okay you you would if you're doing a hundred you would probably need to be doing at least a month of weekend runs being like eight to ten hours yeah and it doesn't have to be all running but like it's about time on your feet so if you um were going out for like a 30 mile run run or 30 miles right right um, right some of that is going to be walking Right. Or just doing an hourly set. Like, okay, today I'm going to go out for six hours and just see how many miles I can get. Okay. And that way you've learned how to stay on your feet for six hours. Are you doing your training alone or do you have a group that you're training with? I never train with a group. I do most of it alone, but I do have a few friends that do ultras and I, and some of them I can run with and some of them, um, it's, it's just like, again, the flow, a lot happens over that kind of time. Mm -hmm. So unless you can really simulate that you're going to need the same things at the same time or not feel bad about asking like, Hey, I have to walk here. Right. 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 Like the, cause if you don't follow your, your own body and you're kind of like, Oh, they're still running. Like I'm going to stay running. Then you're going to need something later that you should have done miles ago. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That, that is actually a tough, I think, lesson. If you're doing a first one and you align yourself in a race with someone who is experienced, Mm. 
because mm. you are going to need, I have experience with, it was two brothers. They were fantastic. I love them to death. And I met them at the Daytona race that, that we did. And it was a hundred mile. I was there first. I had done a few. I knew it was going to be a fast course for me because it was uh, very flat there. It was in, the, in December. So like the temperature was really great. Um, but I also knew my plan. Right. I was going to like run five and then walk one, run five, walk one for most of it. Okay. Um, they didn't know of a plan because they had never done this before. So they were asking questions and like, oh, I'm going to stick with you, which was fine. But you may need things in different times than I do. Right. So if you need food or you don't need food. Yeah. Um, and I stop like you just follow you and follow your body. So it is kind of hard, I think, unless you totally train with someone and then run the race with them to uh, do that kind of distance with another person. Okay. So so, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. So, and I'm, and I think that is kind of what um, differentiates ultra running from other types of running is the self-awareness that you kind of need, yes. um, not just physically, but mentally and in all aspects, which is why it's so transformative. Yes. Yeah. That's, and yeah. I can't like, I'm not a talker in the first portion because I'm still in my head. Like, I'm like, we're 20 miles in and like a 20 mile run is still 20 mile run. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, you know, and that's like nowhere near even half of a hundred. So I yeah. get kind of like in my head of like, we're way too soon for you to be feeling this bad. <laughs> like, so if I'm yeah. chatting with people and expending energy, like I almost need a lot of alone time in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then later down the line, if someone comes around, great. But I usually use my crew for that. They're, that's what they. That's what I need them for. Is those late, like, company miles. I would love some company at like mile sixty. Okay. Yeah. Um. In the beginning, it's too soon for me to like be chatting it up. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I and and I wonder if it's like, and you know, I know you mentioned you're an empath, and I am also. Um, Sometimes I just need, I have so many things going on in my head and inside myself that I just can't, I don't have the energy for other people. Um, so I, I, I wonder if that's part of it. Like you're just, there's so much that you're dealing with within your own mind that like expending the energy to try to have a conversation with somebody else. And yeah, I totally get that. Are you like that in other aspects of your life too? And I have a hard time like putting boundaries up. I I'm really trying to learn. Yeah. Um, but I become very exhausted a lot of the time because I haven't put boundaries up and I am so open and vulnerable for and with other people mm-hmm. that um, sometimes it depends on my relationship with them. Like if they're a complete stranger and I've like bumped into them even in the store and they're going through something like I was trying explaining to my mom one time, like we were in Publix uh, grocery store around Christmas time and it was crowded and people have a lot of feelings around the holidays. And I know that, and I can feel that Yeah, and we went into the grocery store and I found myself crying by the tomatoes because I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't, I almost had a panic attack because there mm-hmm. was so much energy in the store that I almost like physically couldn't stand up. That is amazing. I try to explain this to people 
all the time. Like and it's very abstract to to explain. It it I I think there's a reason that I'm talking to. I have this, I'm not even kidding. I try to explain it even within my household, like the the moods in my house, I'm like <laughs> people exhaust me just from their energy. Like if somebody, like, I don't like people being upset. I yeah. don't like, I don't like anger. Like it's for me, especially when people are like mad or aggressive, like it really makes me uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but it is, it's, it's exhausting. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and it's that. hard to, um, like, it is hard to describe because it's a feeling. So, a lot of times people aren't aware of their feelings. So they wouldn't understand why you're feeling like a stranger's feet. Like that doesn't make any sense, but it's the energy that is a, a light force that we can feel. And yeah. it's, it is a sensitivity, but I don't ever consider it a weakness ever mm -hmm. because I do feel like we're almost on the stronger end because we're carrying a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and don't always know how to, like, I don't even sometimes know how to get rid of it. And I've described it before as, and you'll probably understand this Photoshop, when you Photoshop someone out of a picture and you lasso them and then you place them somewhere else. Uh -huh. Sometimes I feel as if that lassoed person is like laying on top of me mm -hmm. and I feel them like what and sometimes I'll even just like reach out. Like I'll be like, I don't know, but like you are in my brain and I don't know if you're good or you're not good or you just need a little, like you got this, but I can't get you out of my thoughts. So I need to, um, for, for me, expend that and ask you. Yeah. I'm so big on communication. I yeah. cannot hold, yeah. I like, I have to talk about it. Yes. I'm like, I need to understand what's going on here because it's driving me crazy. Yeah. And I'm and the uh, the thing that is sometimes frustrating and I think gives me anxiety is not being able to explain to other people what I'm feeling. Like if they aren't understanding me, like that's really hard for me. Yeah. But it's also I know that it's hard for other people to understand. It is. And what's helped me is being like I've tried to be aware of the fact that although it's something I'm feeling, a lot of people handle things very differently. Mm -hmm. So for me to go towards someone who doesn't want to share is not helping them. So as mm -hmm. much as it may help me, I need to understand how people deal with things, especially people I know. So like if it's yeah. a close friend or family member that I can tell is in um, sadness or distress, and they're not talking about it, I need to first check in. Do they typically talk about things or do they handle them on their own on their own first? Because if they do, all in all, this is not my thing to fix. Right. So to go at them may make it worse, which isn't going to help the situation. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, so first, like allow space. Mm -hmm. I like allow space and, and, and then like check in. I'm OK with that. Let yourself allow them space. Yeah. Don't go right to them. Um, and then maybe do something like light first, like kind of try to not like cheer them up, but like, let's do something like silly. Let's go here. Let's go there. Like, and then kind of read the room. Yeah. Instead of assuming something is always wrong. Cause people don't always 
want to share. Yeah. Um, whereas I think empaths are used to communication because it's helpful for them. Right. And right. a lot of times people don't do that. Yeah. And I read something recently that I was like, oh, shoot, because I a lot of times I'll be like, I'll be like, 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 I'm all about like, feel how you want to feel. But a lot of times if it's like overwhelming, I'll be like, can you like, just be a little bit happier because you're really bringing me down. And like, and I read this thing, it was like, you're like, I'm responsible for my feelings. They're not responsible so, yeah. for bringing my feelings down or, you know, um, but I read that I was like, shoot. Cause I think I just said to my husband, I'm like, you're, you're like upset at work right now. And I really need you to not be because it's making, like, it's killing my vibe. Yeah. I was like, oh shoot. And I think he, he, because he's an adult, another adult, I feel like he gets the brunt of me being like, please control your emotions. Cause yeah. they're like laying on me, like you said. Um, but yeah, I have to keep that in mind all the time. I'm like, I need to be responsible for these overwhelming like emotions and I need to find a way to self-soothe, which is where the running I think comes in a lot of the yeah. times because getting out, getting out on your own and having that space and, and movement in general is so helpful for, it, uh, I don't know if it's us or like for this, I don't know, this energy, I guess it's the energy, all the energy that we have. It is. And I was going to yeah. say too, on a sense of it being like with the empath conversation, it's also a place where all of what I'm feeling, whether it's mental, emotional, or physical is mine. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's a very, uh, like clarity moment where sometimes when I'm just in my day and I'm, I'm, I'm not in a physical like workout or I'm not in something where I'm moving through things. I'm not always sure like certain anxieties and emotions are mine because I do feel so many people right that sometimes I am carrying things that I I wasn't that aren't mine yeah and, and that's okay I don't ever feel like burdened by them but they're heavy <laughs> sometimes yeah. yeah and the compartmentalization of like is it mine or not is is sometimes exhausting that's the exhausting part is yeah do I own this anxiety or was someone I was around anxious and now I feel it yes. so when I run, and again, whether it's a physical pain or or a joy or the experience is mine. Yeah. And I'm aware that it's mine. Yes. And I like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. Yeah. I and I, it is. It's like, and I do find that I have trouble differentiating what stuff is mine and what stuff is other people's. And that makes the anxiety worse. Cause do you ever like you'll feel anxious about something and you'll just be sitting there being like, what, why am I, what is it? I feel like something happened. Yeah. yeah like, what is going on? And like, I have to think through my whole day and I'll be like, is it because, and sometimes it can be something as silly as somebody said something like three hours ago, or there was a tone in an email that was like, I'm like, wait, did I wait? Were they, did they, are they mad? Like whatever, like it's, you know, like all, but like, it's just so much. It's so much. And and again, I'm not, it, I don't think it's a weakness. I think it's really, I think it's almost like a superpower to have all these yeah. feelings. And if you can really learn how to use them, mm -hmm. I always tell my girls, it's so funny. I'm like, you have to learn how to use your powers for good. Like, cause we, yeah. you know, like you can, you can use these and you can, you can, you know, uh, help people or you can use them and you can really be kind of, 
you know, damaging to yeah. other people. All of us can with like our different um, skills and things. So I'm always like trying to take those little unique things and the things that maybe seem like a little bit frustrating or overwhelming and how can we use them for ourselves and our lives yeah. and for other people. So yeah, I'm having a moment of like deja vu or something. I feel like I know you. It's so weird. <laughs> like sitting, I'm like, wait, did we do this before? Yeah. I know, I love it. <laughs> um, uh, God, I, I'm so afraid we're gonna, oh, I knew it was gonna be 1224. Um, I know, it's fine. I love where our conversation is going. Like I love where, you know, Me I too. love where it's, where it's gone. Um, so what would you say, let's just go right to the, um, the kind of the uh more about you questions like and values and things like that like so what do you what do you value the most about you about me is yeah my, is my empathy yeah yeah and or what about other people probably loyalty mm. i'm okay. a that that matters to me because i also consider myself very loyal and will have your back and if i say i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be there i wouldn't miss it yeah um and sometimes I, or I'll just keep this positive. I really value when someone is loyal. And to me, that is everything. Yeah. You're loyal yeah. to, and to other people, like not even to me, to anything, to what you're doing. Yeah. Like if you're loyal right. to the things that are important to you. That's check in my yeah. book. That's check in your box. I think it's great. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. Now, here's another question I had that I don't think I put in there, but I, you know, sometimes I get into like, you seem like a very positive, energetic person. I feel like that people see me that way too. But do you ever get into like, I don't know, like a funk and you just like, like, how do you deal with those times where you're like, because you put, you know, it's probably like something that people know about you. They expect you to be high energy. They expect you to be positive. So when you're not feeling like that, like, like, how do you handle that? Um, a lot of time and that does happen and, and I will get, yeah, you're tired today <laughs> or you don't, you know, you don't seem like yourself oh, and, God. Yeah, and you know, it, I think it's because I like constantly am sending it with dance moves and I'm always, but it, those things are natural. And I do those things too, because yeah. I, because I truly feel them inside of me to like dance around and like love on everyone. But, um, Yes, I do get physically exhausted. I do get mentally tired. I sometimes don't feel well. I sometimes am irritable like a human being would be. Um, sometimes I separate myself, but not for too long. I don't like, I I like people. So um, like I'm never one to go home and like be home and not talk to anyone. Like I'm much more someone that would be like, call my best friend. What are you doing? Like, I need, okay. I need yeah. like us to like go to the beach or something. Like, okay. Yeah, I do yeah. reach out. I'm more of a okay. reacher than like, I know when I need to like recharge. Yeah. Um, and like, cause it's more, that moment is more like, Oh, I don't feel like talking. I've been talking all day. Right. Um, I need to go home after work and just be silent. But honestly, like, again, if, a friend were to call me up, I'd probably yeah. be like, yeah, let's go. Because I know that those things boost me up. Those right. easy, no, um, no fuel needed people. Yes. I love yeah. that. I love that. Oh my God. There's nothing better than having a friend that will sit with you in silence. Like, oh, there's we, no pressure to like do yeah. anything or like 
do nothing. Like look at like people watch or like whatever. Yeah. Like I love to just sit with somebody who like there's no pressure to be any certain way. Yes. Yeah, I, do, I have friends like that. I, that is so important. I love that. I love it too. And then like, yeah. or like something random will like, like come up and then it's just like, yeah. <laughs> You're back to like doing that. It's like the yeah. company. And I do feel yeah. sometimes so lifted by good company. Yeah. That, that, that does help me. Um, physical, again, physical exercise does always mm -hmm. help, but it's part of my job and it's part of my hobby. So yeah. sometimes it's later and I feel a sense of anxiety and I've already worked out three times and gone for a run. Like I'm not going to go do that again. Right. So I have had to find other ways to, um, organizing like i i'll rearrange furniture yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or like find something stimulating in a in a vision like in my home or at doing laundry cleaning like that kind of stuff yep. keeping my hands busy uh -huh. um it's good but sometimes just sitting and kind of being with the feelings is also good too uh i've tried to always check like are you running from this girl or should you just sit and be quiet? Like, do you need just a moment of stillness too? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like it's a process. I think that initially, and maybe I'm tempted to go back to this, but isolation is probably, and it's probably more of feeling a pressure to have to present in a certain way. So kind of removing myself because I don't want to be seen as something that people aren't expecting. Yeah. But I think that comes with growth, right? And become, being comfortable with who you are and how you're feeling and, and you know, accepting all of yourself. Um, so it's just like a learned thing. And it seems like you've really embraced, you really embrace that. And it's probably why people look to you for, you. yeah, yeah. And so I do want to talk a little bit about the other things you do before we go, um, because you're not just a runner. You are, you work in the fitness space. Mm -hmm. So what, um, what, tell us a little bit more about what you do in aside from running. So I've been in the fitness department now for since like 2009. I started in like an internship when I was in college doing, I was working out at a gym, but it was a like sports training facility for both adults and like sports performance. Yeah. So you could be of any sport, um, but it would give you like uh, workouts for like, rotation and explosive and like that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I loved the owners. They really got me like going in this, like, I want a gym. That's like a family kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did a lot of their like inspirational blogs. I wrote a lot about athletes and I was an English major in college. So I try to do both. Like I try to do like fitness and then inspiration. And like, I write about it sometimes and um, so I did that to start. And then when I moved to Florida, I moved here to do outdoor fitness and I wanted to eventually run a business, which I do. Um, it's a small, just a small coaching business. I have equipment in my car. I travel to people's homes. Um, and I do a bunch of different types of clientele. I have kids sometimes that play sports or want general fitness, um, seniors, I have health and wellness, like, um, like weight management stuff, mm -hmm. um, and more like, again, mental image. And then I do, um, like athletic sports for adults as well, too. Like if they were athletes and they, you know, still want to train that way. Um, and then I teach classes, I teach, uh, hit classes. I do a jazzercise. <laughs> uh, I, um, yeah, I love like the music scene. I teach spin. Um, 
And actually last night I was telling my mom that sometimes I get nervous for spin because it's more of a intimate uh, connection. They're getting more of me during that class because it's yeah. it's like one skill instead of it being like aerobics. There's a lot of counting and there's a lot of like interference between what you're doing and like who I am as a person. Like they're not getting that much in aerobics of me in spin. I almost treat it like running where they're getting a lot of my heart. Like they're, I'm mm -hmm. talking more and I'm encouraging in a different way. And then there's the place I, I teach it's called empower and there's always an empowerment song. And okay. the song is more of like a get in your zone. I'm going to speak. And I get nervous because I want them to receive what I'm giving in the way that I want it to be received. But they also have, you know, that's up to them to receive it the way right. they, they need it. And, um, but I want them, yes, to get the best of me, you know, and mm -hmm. um, you're kind of like on stage and it, it yeah. sometimes I get nervous that I'm going to be able to um, like, I think the line between like scripted and authentic, because I'm trying to teach a class, but I also want to be so real. I don't yeah. want it to sound scripted. Like last night I cried <laughs> during the song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it was such a song that was um, near and dear to things that I've gone through. It's called Dear Younger Me. And it's actually a Christian mm. song. But um, okay. it was just about like all of us having a past and kind of are we holding on to those things as something that are kind of trapping us and we didn't realize. And now we're an adult and we're, you know, dealing with them still. Like we shouldn't like learn to sit with your younger self and talk to them. And like, they didn't know maybe, and they were going through something and weren't uh, like old enough to handle it then. So be okay with that now yeah. and move forward as who you are. You know, what would you tell that younger person now? Oh my God. I a hundred percent would have cried. I, I, I know. Mean, and I'm like, I was trying to like speak it. Then I was like, just ride, just ride. <laughs> I think I I need your speech. I need I need the speech that you gave. I now I got to go listen to that song. I would that's that's so that speaks to me so much. Yeah. And I yeah. think it speaks to a lot of people and um you end up hiding a part of yourself that you think you erased and you didn't because it's part of you. Oh. And I know and that here we go. See? We knew we were going to do. It was going to happen. Um hiding from it uh, only gets harder because you're coming into your own as you grow up. And then there's a whole like piece of that little you that's never got a voice and didn't, you know, didn't get a chance to really be listened to either. And um, that just has come up for me recently. And it uh, it's now that I've spoken it aloud i i can't believe how like unhidden feels so good yeah I and um yeah so yeah i can i can totally feel that i've actually done inner child work before like mm -hmm. um in a meditative setting and they're like just so you know you might cry and it's yeah. like just bawling it's just yeah <laughs> But it is so therapeutic. So I it think is. everybody could really, uh, well, they, they should, they should do that work. But like, it sounds like, you know, this, this, just listening to a song or like, I don't know what that song is, but I'm gonna have to find it. But like, 
feel like you can find inspiration <laughs> just about anywhere. Like if yeah. you're open to it, receiving it's it. It's called Dear Younger Me. It's by Mercy Me. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but I know I was talking to, I mean, she's a friend, but she's also a therapist and she's a therapist for children as well. And I was, you know, just telling her that I finally, um, you know, was like ready to talk about something. And um, she said, you don't need to talk about it with like you now. You need to talk about it with your 11 year old self. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> That's you're right. Oh my God, stop it. Mm -hmm. I'm literally going to get off the phone and talk to my <laughs> 11 year old <laughs> self. I like wrote her a letter. <gasps> yes, I've done that. I've wrote done it. A letter. Yep. And it's very, I mean, it was very helpful. And I didn't realize how like going back into that like realm like would be uh, empowering and not as scary as I thought. Yeah. Wow. And now I, f I like literally feel so much better. <laughs> now, I, so I've written a letter to myself before, not quite as young, but to a previous self um, for a really hard time that I was very ashamed of. And I've, I wrote a letter. Do you have trouble going back and reading things like that that you write? Yes, because they're out. Right. I like let them out. And I, and I went through a stage where I was almost doing like I mean, and I know you wrote clairvoyant on there. <laughs> well, did you see that on my page or did yes. you just see that? Okay. Yeah, so no, I, I, am. I am. And I went through a stage where I couldn't tell if I was like dealing with the anxieties I have or if I was doing like automatic writing mm. or like something I was getting because I went through a stage where every time I would go to write, if I was in any sort of like minorly dark place, it was like, and I'm like, I can't read that. Like I'd have to burn them. Yes. I feel like I, I have, and I haven't, I don't know why I think that at some point maybe I'm going to want to like go back or like, but I, there have been times where I like want to burn things that yeah. I've written. That's wild. That's so wild. So yeah. Tell me about this clairvoyant thing. When did you find that out? Um, I've been, I think I've been clairvoyant since I was a baby actually. Um, wow. and there is actually a thing called an empath baby, which is a child that my mom even said that when I was a very young, little, tiny, like toddler that I told her exactly how it felt inside her, like, and about her pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And she was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. Um, so I think like that, but as a child, I used to have like very, very vivid dreams. Um, like not, not like great dream, like scary dreams. Mm. Um, and I could see certain things like energy type things like forms or, um, and I didn't, I guess you don't really know what you're seeing. I got in a child. I mean, I don't know. I kind of just was scared and then that was it. Um, I do believe in that kind of stuff, but it's also not always like happening. Like, yeah. I guess people just like in, it's not like the movie type stuff like that you see. It's not like yeah. that. It's like okay. definitely an energetic feel mm -hmm. so because I am so open to that. There are times where if I have a lot of anxiety or I'm going through something like that never comes up in my life because you're not open. You're not vulnerable for it. You're not open to it. Okay, or yeah. it's dark because what you're giving off is darkness. 
Mm. So I realized about a couple years ago that I had to really check my own because I'm going to start getting all this stuff that I don't want to get in. Um, but I have practiced some mediumship before. Okay. Um, not the greatest at it. It's a practice. You need to practice yeah. it. Um, uh-huh. I can get messages, but I don't know what they're, what they're for. Like, I don't know who they're for. Um, and I have a hard time with like my own people. I see, I see them in things, but not the way I receive like stranger type stuff, which is crazy because I'm, I'm very close to some loved ones that I've lost. And my grandma specifically, I would love to see her in some of the ways I see other things. And I, I don't, um, and that was kind of a hard, like reality that was maybe blocking me a little spiritually too, from seeing her in the way that she's coming through. Okay. Wow. I was like upset, you know, you're hurt and you're upset yeah. when you lose someone and you're still grieving. So there's like a, it's called a spiritual fog and you're not, you're like missing the energy because you're still so very sad. So what is your spiritual like practice? Like, do you have an actual, like, and I, I don't know if I want to say religion, like, are you religious or spiritual or both? Uh, I'm not like religious. I'm yeah. Catholic. I was brought up Catholic. I'm baptized Catholic. I've been confirmed. Um, it is important to my family. My dad's very Catholic. Uh, we went to church as a kid every Sunday. Um, but it was never like down my throat. And then when I like became an adult and again, started this running thing, it became my relationship with my God became my relationship. With yes. My God. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. I am spiritual in a sense that like energy and universal things, but I think they're two separate things. I have mm-hmm. faith and I believe in a higher power, mm-hmm. but I also am a very energetic body as I think everyone is. And I feel energy in a different, I separate the two, but I think that, um, like I don't practice any type of spirituality. I okay. really, like if I was doing any sort of like mediumship, it's to like, um, like learn about it, I guess, not to yeah. necessarily like, I don't know if I'd ever like become a medium. Yeah. Not <laughs> like had, it, but. yeah. Like I've had a medium reading before and it was, I mean, it was important to me because she did bring up names and dates and things that she had no idea about. Right. So I felt as if I was spoken to by a loved one and that was really cool. Yeah. Wow. So are you the, like, uh, first of all, I, I'm pretty sure we're twins, like, <laughs> like that has somehow has happened, has happened. I'm not sure how, um, do you also are like, because I feel like, because I'm so open, I just kind of like, I don't think anybody's wrong. I feel like it's all correct in some way. Like yeah. you said, like, like, I feel like all religions are some truth in all of them. And we're really all saying the same thing, just in a yeah. different way. It's kind yeah, of like think- my. I think it all does come back to just being faithful in something. Mm-hmm. So even if you are faithful in trees and nature, like that's still, I still do believe like the large bracket is called religion, but I think that scares some people, but right. we're, all we're talking about is believing in something. Yeah. So yeah. if you have something to believe in, you should, I mean, I think everyone should believe in something again, yeah. there's, then there's no reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Isn't Why are we here? Isn't that yeah. the reason? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, yes. So, and like people do make jokes about like sports being religion or they're, but it's true. You're believing in something. 
passionately enough to believe in it. Yeah. So um, I think a higher power is just, it's amazing. And I, I do believe in it. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's so interesting when I think about it, I'm like, we're all saying the same thing. It's yeah. We're fighting about, you know, these like just things or how it's said, but we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Basically. So, um, well, okay. So you're, you're really obviously close to your mom. Is mm -hmm. she, she's still in Maryland, right? Yeah. She's actually here right now though. Oh, <laughs> hi mom. <laughs> she looks also just like me. I know. I saw a picture of the, the woman that I went fuck. She's like, look, she was showing me all your pictures and oh she was God. showing me you and your mom. And like, yes. you guys are so close. Um, yeah. So she's actually here for an event. I'm, I'm, uh, I'd hosted this Lululemon event. Um, okay. and it was a phase, like three phases. And the last phase is tonight. It's global running day. I know. Happy, Happy global, global running, running day. day. Um, um, yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when are you coming to Maryland? Um, I was just there in for Mother's Day. My brother and his wife had a baby. So oh. I'm an aunt now. Oh my gosh, congrats. Thanks. And um, so I was there. I'll probably come sometime in the summer, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I know. Where do you live in Maryland? Uh, I'm north, like Moncton. Do you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I used to, we used to have friends in Moncton and we used to go sledding there. Oh, yeah. We have lots of hills. Yes. I um, loved it, actually. Yeah. The Hereford Zone? Yes. <laughs> Do you go to the NCR Trail a lot? All the time. All I the time. There. Yeah. So we, we're actually just three miles from NCR. So a lot of times I'll run from my house to NCR. And then if I have longer runs, just take that. And the miles yes. to NCR are hilly. So I get the hills in and then the flat. It's great. I love that. I do love the NCR Trail. That and Lock Raven. I oh, like I love Lock Raven. I went there with my dad the last time I was home. It's beautiful there. All right. Well, we that's we should go. We'll there. meet up. We'll meet up there. Um, awesome. Literally, I'm pretty sure we're related. I know. <laughs> I can't believe too how crazy like social media is in that way, where like you could be following someone for so long and then like actually it's like whoa, this has come full circle. Yes. Like I, I love think when I started media. following, yeah. like I did not realize you were from Maryland. That's not the yeah. reason I started following you. I mean, I I am one who loves social media because I think if you use it in the right way, it can really be a great way to yeah. connect with people. Um, so yeah, I I love I think it's funny too. And I'm I'm always amazed at the people that I meet. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for like the connections I've made throughout. I know, me too, for sure. Yeah. Um all right. Well, so we'll get together when you come back to Baltimore and uh, God, good luck with your event tonight. Thank you. Tell very mom excited. I said hi. I will. Okay. Um, all right. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. Yes, of course. And tag me in anything. Send oh, yes. Me. I will. I will. Well, I hope you have an amazing day. Enjoy thank you, your you event. Too. And I will um, talk to you later. Thank you so much right. for everything. Bye. Bye. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to Jamie DePaula for joining us. To connect with her, you can follow her on Instagram at mad for marathons. That's mad, the number four marathons. Please remember to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and follow me on Instagram at Nikki Tamburino and at maybe running will help for all the latest content. Until then, this is Nikki Tamburino. Don't forget to keep running, keep inspiring and keep sharing how maybe running will help. Have a great run, everybody.
Transforming now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it Champagne Perrier, finish friends on my face Looking like I'm from the D, D's no Cartier's Pockets deep, 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 bro I can make it in my seat, bro Do you and do me, bro Overseas then, we gon' go, go, go Whoa, whoa, I press the button 